Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. I'm Joplin Emerson here with my wife and co-host Andrea. Welcome to today's show. We're glad to have you. It's been a while since we've been on and we're excited to be here today. First show of 2021. Let's start it off with a bang. With a bang. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today's rundown is, is the end of the world upon us? With everything in the world that is happening all around us, what should we expect to happen soon? We are hamster sitting and we have a new wrestling coach in the house. So we're excited to share with you those things today and let's get started. Um, Is the end of the world coming soon? I, it surely seems like there's something coming soon, if you ask me. Um, There's just a lot of unknowns happening around us. And so, your thoughts? Yeah, definitely um, an odd atmosphere in the air this last year. Uh, Is the end of the world upon us uh, soon? You know what? I obviously can't say with certainty. No man knows the day or the hour. But Jesus did tell us that the times and seasons uh, would be identifiable. And when I look at some of the things Jesus said, I feel like the answer is yes, it is highly likely that the end of the world, the world as we know it, is possibly coming to an end soon. Now, look, we could spend days really digging into all of the different passages that the Bible kind of gives us um, some indicators of what will happen at the end of the age. But I want, for sake of kind of keeping a simple 25, 30-minute podcast here, yeah. I, I want to just deal with a couple key passages today. And uh, the first one being Matthew chapter 24, uh, verses 3 through 14. And I'm just going to kind of read through them and then comment as we go instead of reading the whole passage. But in Matthew 23, what's happened is Jesus' disciples have asked him the same question, like how are we going to know when it's the end of the world? Um, And they ask in verse 3 this exact question, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. And in verse 5, he said, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. All right, so one of the first things Jesus said that would mark the end of the age, his coming to the earth, and um, life is earth as we know it, life as we know it, coming to an end, was that many would come saying, I am the Christ. Interesting that in the 1700s, we have two people documented who claimed that they were the Messiah who had returned. That was two. And then in the 1800s, there was seven who made that same claim. In the 1900s, there was 29. And so far in the first 20 years of this century, there have been seven who have claimed that they are the Christ. So we're on pace for at least another 28 or more in this century making that claim. And so the first thing Jesus said that would happen is there would be many making that claim, and we are seeing it start to happen uh, in the last 300 years and continuing in frequency as time goes on. Next, he said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. 
Well, we are definitely living in that time span. Um, I yeah. can't remember. I don't think there's, you know, honestly, I don't think there's ever been a time of peace where there have been no wars on the earth since Jesus made these statements. Uh, but we certainly see conflict, chaos, and war just everywhere, uh, at least at some point or another happening, you know. Around the world. Around the world, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was a sign, right? So we see, yes, we've got many people saying that they are the Christ. We see wars and rumors of wars. He says in verse 7, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Very similar, you know, same concept of wars and rumors of wars. And then he said there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. So... Famines and pestilences, you know, we are seeing hunger as a very real issue in the world. Um, in a lot of places, it is horrendous. You know, for a lot of us folks that live here in America, you'd, you'd be surprised to know some of the starvation and hunger that's happening in so many third world countries. But I want to really focus in on that statement, earthquakes. He said there would be earthquakes in, in various places. We're seeing earthquakes all over the world. One of the difficult things about tracking earthquakes is that, honestly, the truth is there's not a lot of good data previous to the 1900s. Yeah. So it's not like we can truly track good, solid data for hundreds and hundreds of years. But here's what we do know. In the 1900s, there were about 2,000 total big earthquakes. And big is like 5.5 plus magnitude on the scale. So just let that number sink in. In all of the 1900s, there was approximately 2,000 big earthquakes. In the first 10 years of this century, there were 1,587. Wow major earthquakes that's not all earthquakes that's only earthquakes 6.0 or larger so in the first 10 years of this century we had nearly as many as we had in the in the previous hundred years and so and we're, we continue to see earthquakes in various places all over the world jesus said that would be one of the signs and in verse 8 it said all these are the beginning of sorrows I told you we could have hours of podcasts. I mean, we're only a few verses in. It's amazing to me when you see the Bible very specifically tell us what would be taking place thousands of years later. Um, I think there's great reason to believe that, yes, we could be nearing the end of the age. Now, a few more verses, same exact passage. In verse 9, Jesus said they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. In 2000, between 2005 and 2015, there was a study done that said there was nearly 900,000 Christians martyred during that 10-year span, almost a million worldwide. And that would be about 90,000 a year. Most people would be shocked to know that that yeah. number exists. Now, for me, I think statistics are important. You can make them say anything you want. One thing I want to point out about this specific study is that it included Christians or Christian um, areas 
that had been slaughtered in Africa due to many of the violent African wars that have taken place during that time span between 2005 and 2015. And the reason I point that out is that many of those people died really because of um, just violent wars that were religious based, but it wasn't like they were individual martyrs, martyred specifically for their faith. But let's just say that you were to take that entire 70% out, you're still looking at 30,000 people a year. Yeah, it's a, a big lot. number being martyred for their faith. Jesus said that was one of the things that would mark the end. He said in verse 10, many will be offended, betray one another, and will hate one another. We're seeing hatred like we've never seen it before. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Man, there have been a ton of false prophets in the last 30 years. Tons of them. Mm -hmm. False, you know, faith healers and uh, false prophets prophesying wealth and prosperity and false prophets prophesying the world's going to end on this date, the world's going to end on this date. There has been a, a absolute, it's like just resurgence of false prophets in the last 30 to 40 years. Now, I want us to look at verse 12 very specifically, and we're going to be finished here with this portion of Scripture. Jesus said, Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. A couple things about that passage. He said lawlessness will abound. When I looked at the looting, the burning of people's property, the disrespect for police officers, the murder of police officers. When I look at this last year of 2020, when I look at what happened at the Capitol with right-wing fanatics as well, it's not just you know Black Lives Matter and a lot of the other stuff happening that was in Portland, still going on in Portland to this day, in Seattle with the CHOP zone, we saw in my opinion, possibly like never in the history of the world before, in 2020, we saw lawlessness become the way of the land in many major cities. People burning down businesses, destroying property, breaking the laws, defund the police. And Jesus said, this is one of the things that will happen at the end of the age. Lawlessness will abound. It's happening. He said, the love of many will grow cold. And we are seeing a time where it's like love is gone. And people walk out on their families. Fathers walk out on their children. Mothers walk out on their children. The, the, we have become such a selfish society that nobody... Uh, that's an exaggeration. Many people, nobody's a bad word to use because it's not true, but many people, and those listening can testify, Yeah, we are a, not a people who love each other like we once used to be. This culture has become loveless and selfish. And the last, and finally, I want to add, Jesus said in Luke 21, verse 26, it records, he's saying this statement that men's hearts would fail them from fear fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth well we are living in a time of fear yes, the whole world is wearing masks they're terrified there's people that haven't been in a church building 
in a year now because they're scared. That's the truth. I'm not trying to make anybody feel small. I'm not trying to put anybody down here. I'm just pointing out people are terrified. Many people are afraid to fly. They're afraid of terrorism. They're afraid. Men's hearts are failing them. And what we've chosen to do instead of, you know, going on and living our lives, we've chosen to retreat and to seclude ourselves and to hide from all of these things that we are terrified of. People don't even know when they're going to quit hiding. What happens if we have a new virus this next year? I mean, at what point in time do you decide you're going to live your life? Uh, what what you, you can't control terrorism. You can't control when things go wrong. You can't control viruses. And yet we are seeing these things have begun to control us because we're scared. The world is scared. It is controlled by panic and fear. Jesus said this was one of the things that would take place. Men's hearts would fail them. Wow. Yeah, wow. All of that, it's happening now. And this was said 2,000 years ago when Jesus was talking to his disciples. Yes, I think there's great reason to believe the end is near. And it is probably nearer than we know. Jesus said, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. I do not believe there is a single people group that we are aware of on the planet that have not been at least once or more preached the gospel. It's been everywhere. There's not a continent on the earth where the gospel has not been preached and the message of Jesus has not been shared. Yeah. All of this has happened. And so, listen, I, you know, some people who don't know the Bible are often like, why do you believe the Bible? Man, I just spent 10, 15 minutes there uh, sharing with you what the Bible says and what was written 2,000 years ago. I'm like, how could you not believe the Bible? Yeah. This th- this is incredible that these things are happening right before us, and Jesus himself specifically said this is what would happen. So yeah. is the end upon us? I think it very well might be. Yeah, I think it very well might be as well. It's a, it is incredible how God's words just, I mean, for all of history, have just lined up one thing after another. And so it sure makes you want to be ready just in case. Yes. So for sure. Got to be ready. Um. So this is great biblical knowledge so what are what should our response be as people here um yeah so what should we do yeah what should we do you know i for one you you definitely uh you need to be in the word you need to know what the bible teaches about these things you need to be ready um because there, there there is no second chances you know the bible you often hear in the christian circle we'll say god's got a second chances there's coming a time when there will be no more time for second chances. Yeah. Um, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. Uh, no guarantee that tomorrow will be. And so today is that day before the Lord returns. Man, we've got to get you know right with the Lord, and you got to trust the Bible. I mean, look at what we just went through. You got to trust it, read it believe it and obey what it says that's a very important piece about it. i think i'm going to talk about that here in a little bit the importance of obeying the bible because you asked the question so what should we do mm-hmm. 
it really depends who's asking that because what the lost need to do and what those who are saved need to do are two different things you know what the children of the devil need to do and what the children of god need to do they're two very different things and so first of all the lost yeah they need to get saved um i feel like if god's tugging on your heart he is tugging on it for a reason and you might not have tomorrow so absolutely yeah you know the bible teaches there's only two categories you're a child of the devil or you're a child of god and sinners don't want to hear that but it doesn't matter if you want to hear it or not that's what the bible says jesus even said that to the jews in john chapter 8 you know that it, they, they were trying to get him caught up and 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 they were arguing with jesus and trying to find ways to trap him and jesus just called him straight out and basically said you're all a bunch of liars and your father the devil is the father of lies the people were furious that jesus called these and these were church-going folks yeah he called them the children of the devil look what it says in first john chapter 3 verses 7 through 10 little children let no one deceive you that's an important thing don't let anyone deceive you and tell you that you're saved if you're not don't be deceived he who sins is of the devil now that word sins it means continually it the the, the uh, actual greek word is one who continues to sin or another way of saying that is one who practices sin as a regular way of life but let no one deceive you he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning whoever has been born of god does not sin and again that word there sin it's in the active uh, participle which means does not continue to sin does not practice sin doesn't mean that the christian never slips up doesn't mean the christian never commits a sin it means true christians continue to follow the lord and they don't practice it anymore and it gives us the reason why whoever has been born of god does not sin because god's seed the holy spirit remains in him and he cannot practice sin because he's been born of god the bible teaches there's a supernatural transformation in the life of a true child of god and we cannot practice sin the holy spirit won't let us he yeah. convicts us of it it's not fun anymore you don't like to do it anymore doesn't mean you'll never make a mistake in a moment of fear or panic, but it is impossible, according to the Word of God, to go on sinning. And so this is very important to know this. If you are continuing in your sin, you are not saved. You need to repent and get saved. You need to follow Jesus. That's the most important thing you can do right now. You need yeah. to do it, period. Honestly, it doesn't even matter if the end of the world is coming in the next, in the near future or not your end is coming someday and your end is imminent and you need to know that you know that you know that when you stand before god you're saved yeah that's the most important thing they th that group of people need to do now last thing i'll say about that in first john chapter 3 verse 10 says in this the children of god and the children of the devil are obvious you know the bible says that it is obvious there's not this like maybe they are maybe they aren't and I'm telling you, it's one of the things the devil's done is confused this world and confused the church, confused people into what true Christianity is. And there's so many people that live like the devil, live in their sin, practice sin, think they're saved because they believe in God. Even the Bible says you believe in God, you know, good for you. So do the devils. Yeah. And they tremble. 
You need to know that you're saved. You've got to stop your sinning and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask Him to save your soul. Open your heart to Him. Turn from your wicked ways and be saved. That's the most important thing that we could tell somebody that's like, what do I do? The world is possibly coming to an end. You've got to be ready for it. That's right. And what I just said, you might not have liked. That might not have been, you know, it didn't make you feel good. But at least I care enough to tell you the truth. This is the only solution. There's no other way. This is what you need to do, and you need to do it now. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's good. And I really like that, you know, even the devils believe and they tremble because so often, you know, you run across people that claim Christianity that really just don't want to get out of their sinful ways. Um, And I think that that just... It just speaks so much that even the devils believe and they tremble. So if there's any question, if you're questioning anything, then something's probably not right. And you want to make sure that it's right because it's just good to be right and live for the Lord, number one. But with all the uncertainties around us, you want to know where you're going. You want yeah. to. You, you have to know. Mm-hmm. You've got to know. And yeah. you, you said something there that I think is really important. You said if there's any uncertainty, um, I don't remember how you worded it, but... You, you need to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. If there's any part of you that's just not real sure, you're probably not saved. You're probably not right with God, and you've got to get that right. I mean, when you're right with God, you know. When you've been transformed and you hate sin, you know. Yeah. If you still love it and you like it, and the idea of serving God and being faithful to church and wanting to read the Word and talk about Christian things is something that's kind of like, oh, that feels so... I don't want to do that, then there's probably a zero chance you've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you because those are the things the Holy Spirit causes us to hunger for. Yes. And um, you've got to know if there's any uncertainty, that's an issue. If you've been born again, Jesus said you have to be born again, you should know. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't wonder. You shouldn't have to convince yourself or talk yourself into it or you know try to remember some verse that makes you think you're saved. You should know by the evidence of your life yeah Uh, one other thing i was just going to add to is that you know when we when we are christians god gives us so many things that are just amazing he gives us all these promises of the peace and the hope and the joy even through times and seasons such as this and that we can peacefully enter into the fact that if this is the end of time as we know it then it's all part of god's plan and as long as we're doing what we need to do and staying the task and moving forward and helping make a difference in this world for him then everything's going to be okay and one day we might not remain on this earth anymore but we'll be in heaven together and so let's look at that from this perspective because that only applies to the saved yes yeah so let's look at it so what does the christian need to do Uh, i think above all um, you know, we all, after we've made sure our hearts are right with God and we, and we know we're saved, the main thing we need to be doing is trying to rescue the lost. Yes. I mean, the end of the world's coming. And heaven and hell are real and they are final. There's no second chances. Yeah. And hell is an awful place. We need to be doing everything we can to rescue the perishing. And we do that by loving people, yeah. right? We do that by speaking up, though, and saying the hard things. Some of the mm-hmm. stuff we're saying right now, we, we do that by, by being available. And we're available. 
Yeah. If you're listening to us and you want someone to talk to about your soul, please reach out to us. Yes, absolutely. Contact us, joplinandrea.com. There's a contact section there. Send us your information. We can talk via phone. We can we can email back and forth, whatever it takes. We want to help you. But Christians, you, my brothers and sisters, we have got to get out of being, you know, we can be, especially here in America, some selfish Christians that really just live for ourselves and hope God's here to bless us and make us have bigger homes and bigger lands and more cars and more money. It's all going to burn. We're not taking any of it with us. So take what you have now and use it to build God's kingdom yeah. and, and to win the lost, to reach the lost. We've got to be... we. We've got to be about our Father's business. That's what we need to be doing because the day's coming when we're not going to be able to work anymore. Yeah. Yep. And the day's coming when we're not going to be able to reach maybe somebody that was once in our path. So it's important. That's what we need to be doing. That's right. And you know what? I will say this. This is an exciting time to be alive if you're a Christian. It's an exciting time. There are billions of people that need to be saved. We can point to these truths and say, hey, this hasn't taken us by surprise. We were told this was going to happen. And you are too. The Bible's not just for us, for everyone. But yeah. most people don't know what it says. They haven't read it. It's not like it's hidden information. It's been printed right there for thousands of years. But these are exciting times. And, and we should have a sense of, uh, you know, anticipation about the coming of the Lord a sense of urgency mm -hmm. to be sharing the gospel and a sense of, um, I don't know the right word for this, but sort of like we're just pilgrims, right? We're not here for very long. And so let's not get too settled in to this world. Let's realize we're just pilgrims no matter where we are. Yeah. Uh, this is not our home. And so while we're journeying through this land, let's do everything we can to bring people into the kingdom. And this is an exciting time to be doing it. Yeah, it is. Okay, All let's right. switch gears. Yeah, let's, let's do. Switch let's gears. switch gears here. Um, bring everybody up to speed on some changes. You know, it's been yeah. about a couple three weeks, weeks since yeah. we've had our last podcast. We've had a couple things happen in the Embers at Home. Let's talk about those. All right. Well, for starters. Um, I became a wrestling coach. Yeah, this <laughs> is true. Andrea is now an a official certified, yeah. certified USA wrestling coach. That's right, folks. I am a wrestling coach. So bring all your wrestling needs to me and I will help you. So let me tell you how this happened. We, we uh, with COVID, you know, they got all these restrictions on being able to go and watch. And in a handful of scenarios, at least being a certified coach allows you to get in and be there. And so Andrea wanting to watch Tyron wrestle and, and be able to be there as much as possible, yeah, took the initiative to become a wrestling coach. That's right. Now we cleared this with our club that we yep. wrestle with, because you have to be connected to a club or you're supposed to be. And we got the approval from the club. And here's what's just awesome about it. The club that our son wrestles for has been three years in a row a top 50 in the United States wrestling club. 
Yeah. And so Andrea is not just a wrestling coach. She's a wrestling coach of a top 50 in the United States wrestling club. That means automatically she must be an awesome coach. That's right. Automatically. Awesome just came with the cards. So what's your favorite move? Well, my son thinks that this is not cool. (laughs) No, he he doesn't. In fact, (laughs) I, I told him when it happened, he laughed. And I told him when it happened that he could, if he wanted, from now on, call mom either mom or coach. Yep. Like both were acceptable. And I think his exact words were, what did he say? I'll stick with mom. No, Something and, like and that. And he said, I will never, ever call her coach. Okay, that might have been it too. I don't know. <laughs> and, and true story, I've actually like tried to coach him a couple times, like driving to practice how's that go or coming home before he leaves for practice and it doesn't go so what well. coaching tips do you he doesn't give? I actually want to hear I anything i have to say what what do you tell him do you tell him like moves or? I, I tell him that he needs to say low he needs to say low and he needs to circle with him <laughs> that's good where'd you hear that one well i actually heard another parent saying it and so i thought it kind of sounded good to me and <laughs> that was something i could remember so good yeah. yeah, but I have been trying at the I'll, meets I'll to he, pick up uh, on a few more um, details so that I can uh, coach a little more efficiently. Yeah, so welcome Coach Andrea to the Thank wrestling you. world. And uh, do you have a favorite move you like to teach or you like to see kids do? Yeah, I like to see them get pen, to pen the kid. Pen the kid. It's my favorite. That's a good one. That's yep. a good good move. Okay. All right, so yeah, awesome. We've got a new coach in the house at the Emerson house. And then we have temporarily. We're hamster sitting. Hamster sitting. Yeah. Yeah, this has been interesting. Tell our folks about Um, uh, Rhino. Yeah, we're hamster sitting for the Hernandez family. That's our worship leader um, and his wife. And so they have this cute little white hamster. And I'm surprised I'm calling it cute because it is a mouse. It is cute. Um, but it's very friendly. Very, very friendly. Malachi absolutely loves him. wants to get him out like once an hour. However, our dog is like, what is happening? What is this thing? He's very peculiar. And yeah, so Kylo is interested and jealous. Yes, yeah. And so he if he he's in Malachi's room and Malachi shuts Rhino. Rhino. Yeah, Rhino, yeah. this Rhino the hamster, hamster is staying in Malachi's room. Yes, and yeah. Malachi shuts the door so the dog can't get in there, but the dog will wait right outside the door, just hoping maybe the door will open. Somebody will come in, somebody will come out. Malachi will uh, be sitting there playing his game station and have the door open, and the dog just sits on the floor looking up at the cage, just like, what is that? He's, yeah, he, he he's checks on the puzzled. hamster about 20 times a day. Yeah. And when we get him out, he doesn't like it when we hold it. Like, I don't no. think he would bite it, but I'm not going to let him get close enough to do it. Yeah. But, like, when we're holding the hamster, Kylo jumps on us and wants us to pet him instead. He's very, very jealous. Yeah, very jealous. We had a hamster once, but it was not a friendly hamster. No, he bit. He, he was kind of mean. Mm-hmm. Yep, he made a big mess. And so this is kind of a switch gear. It's a it, this very is a nice, nice hamster. hamster. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, who knew? Hamsters can have different attitudes just like people. That's right. Yeah, so I wonder when you go to the pet store if you're just like handle them all if you can figure out which one's nice or not nice i wonder if they keep them in cages i you know sometimes you think it's by color but i wonder if they have like the mean ones the you know the the ones that have a mild attitude and then those that are super friendly you can just ask them for like a friendly there hamster you go. that's what i recommend i would recommend that too otherwise hamsters are not the way to go so here's a cool uh thing going on uh, in our world as well it has a little bit to do with why we've got this hamster yes our worship 
ministry of the Well Worship Center is recording our first album. It's going to be five songs, all originals, uh, written by our team, composed by our team, and right now um, they are down in Austin, Texas. Yes, they are. Working with Austin Stone Worship and recording those five songs. It's about a 10-day event, and we're pumped about that. Yes, um, we are. You're going to be able to listen to our music on iTunes and Google Play and um, we know we'll get some local time playing, but uh, who knows? We might see a couple of those songs. In my opinion, I think they're all awesome, but I really do believe there's a couple of those songs that, you know, they've got a chance to uh, be heard from coast to coast. They're just good, yeah, solid they are. worship good. songs. So uh, y'all be praying for uh, that to finish up well. And um, I think that's it. Are we I done? I think that's it. Yeah. All right, guys, it's good to be back at the podcast desk, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.